0: your Ben Jarofsky show for Wednesday, November 9th. This brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink. By the way, what I opened was a LaCroix. It wasn't alcohol. Uh, what kind of pot to smoke and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarovsky, Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com. And if you want to help out this program, you can chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky, J-O-R-A, V is in victory, S-K-Y. It is Wednesday, November 9th, the day after Election Day. And this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. And now your host. Last night, he was elected as nothing. Chicago <laughs> Reader columnist, Ben Jarofsky.
1: Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this MSNBC Wave Wednesday. And here's why. So I went to MSNBC land yesterday. I went to Monroe Anderson land. Monroe will be on in a little while. He's sitting waiting. Uh, But as I told Monroe before, uh, we came on the show today. I have never, this is a confession, ladies and gentlemen, raising my hand. I had never watched an MSNBC election night coverage before. Various reasons. For the longest time, I didn't have cables. I couldn't watch it. And then for the last, seems like the last 10 years or so, I was always doing something on a, like at a, a club, doing a show or what have you, doing my own show. Uh, but uh, so anyway, last night. I was on little shout-out, David Seaton. I love you, David Seaton. David Seaton was so kind as to have me come on the show on WVON. And then want to say shout-out to Atiba Buchanan, uh, who's recovering from heart surgery. Uh, Atiba, everyone in the Ben Drosky show sends you nothing but good vibration and prayers for a fast, uh, safe recovery. So uh, David and I were talking, and the polls close at 7. At 7.01, J.B. Pritzker J.B. Pritzker was announced. uh, Associated Press has uh, determined that J.B. Pritzker is the winner of the election. How do they know that the the election just ended? The polls just closed. Anyway, so I went to MSNBC and it was like nothing I'd ever seen. I mean, it was like an assemblage of hosts of like really smart political pundit types who all agreed with me pretty much. I'd never, I mean, I don't exist in that world, media world. I'd never seen anything like it. It's like, usually I, I get like the New York Times and the Washington Post, where these liberal outlets are so wishy-washy and so afraid of their own shadow. They're always bending over backwards. So they're always saying things like, this could be a very tough election for Democrats. They're always trying to put the worst possible spin on anything they have for Democrats, probably because they think those anxiety-ridden Dems will click on it maybe they're trying to show that they're quote unquote non-biased because MAGA keeps saying they're all biased. So they want to prove to MAGA guys are such jumps. They want to prove to MAGA that they're non-biased by saying stupid stuff. <laughs> and so MAGA, and by the way, MAGA is not going to say, Oh, you're really objective now just because you write stupid stuff about how this could be a red wave. All the indications are a red wave. So I'm used to the Washington Post, the New York Times, that wishy-washy stuff. And then the, on the local front, the Sun-Times, which is just always slamming crime in my face. Be scared. Be very scared. People killed. People shot. People, cars hijacked. Right? No knows what I'm talking about. Talks about it all the time. It bleeds it leads. So between that, I'm like, oh, this could be a rough night. And plus all my MAGA friends are trash talking me. Yeah, get ready for the blue wave. I mean, the red wave. We're going to crush you. We request you, Pritzker could be in trouble. One minute after seven, they announced him the winner. So anyway, I go to MSNBC. What a different world. Now I understand why Monroe is so cool and calm and collected all the time. He lives in MSNBC world. MSNBC world's not like anything I know. They're like, all <laughs> yes, the Republicans are a bunch of douchebags. Let's go to Rachel for an update on that. Yes, it's true. Republicans are douchebags. Okay, <laughs> thank you for that update. Then they got this dude. I told Monroe this one. They like they dispatched their reporter to Kevin McCarthy headquarters in California. I think it was California. Kevin McCarthy, the California congressman, is going to be you know, wanted to assumes he's going to be the speaker of the House. If the Republicans take the House, still very much undecided who will take the House. Or if you can get elected from that Republican caucus, if they do take the House. So anyway, this. MSNBC's course, MSNBC Corresponding is literally trolling the Republicans while he's standing in Kevin McCarthy's headquarters. He's like, oh, God, they were expecting a jubilant night, ladies and gentlemen, but it's pretty down right here. They're despondent. I think I see a tear dribbling down that guy's cheek over there. <laughs> and then they go, oh, then they start trash talking their music. Oh, I think they're playing the Doobie Brothers. And then they cut to all the, like, Jet Xers on the stage, and they're all like, oh, oh, oh. "Like." like they're better than the Doobie brothers or something. I'm like, God damn, you guys are t- trash talking. <laughs> so now I know Monroe Anderson. Now I know why you are who you are when it comes to national politics, because I see the land that you inhabit. I see the <laughs> I've experienced the MSNBC world. And you know what? I find it soothing, relaxing. I find it much like I found reefer back in the seventies. I may go back. Uh, to MSNBC land. I'm not sure going back to Reefer Monroe. Maybe. I don't know. I'm thinking about it. It's up the, they tell me there's some Reefer that doesn't make you feel really bad about yourself. So I may try that. But that was a tangent within a tangent. MSNBC land, Monroe Anderson, is a pretty nice place for a Democrat to live. Your thoughts.
2: Oh, okay. morning, noon, and night for me, <laughs> MSNBC. <laughs> I watch CNN and get mad sometimes because <laughs> I don't like what they're saying or how they're saying it or, or, or that they're not saying it. So, but it, MSNBC, they're they're factual, they're actual, and, um, and, and diverse. They, they, they have all sorts of good things that fit my personal philosophy. And so that's where i spend most of my time not all of them i i, I venture into to uh, c n n occasionally i i um every now and then i'll go to fox, but then my blood pressure starts to <laughs> so i have to <laughs> I have to leave there
1: uh yeah no i uh uh i don't go to fox i i can't deal with fox i- i can't even deal with fox just to um enjoy them looking despondent. I just, nah, I can't deal with uh, Fox. It's bad enough that I read. I, I do read MAGA columnists all the time to see what they're saying. And that's uh, uh, harsh enough. I, by the way, I got to give a shout out. I told you already to the wizard in the white shirt. Steve Kornacki. Okay, folks, I know you're laughing at me, ladies and gentlemen. I've it's been not like, the
2: white shirt; it's the khakis.
1: It's the khakis. It's the khakis.
2: Whole I look. mean, so much so that I can't. Like, some uh, one of the stores um, has a Steve Kornacki uh, K- um, khaki. Now they they they, they 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 named it after him. Is that right? Really? Yeah. Like yeah. I'm trying to remember who um, who sells the jeans all the time. All right. the gap. uh the gap yeah the gap i think okay. it's the gap that does that okay. but i'm not sure this was was 2 years ago they were doing it so i'm not sure but but um that, that's his uniform white shirt and khakis
1: so here here i told you this uh, he i'm watching this man Kernacki. And I know, like I was saying, the people are laughing at me because i just literally discovered this like 20 years after everybody else. I'm always the last, I admit it. So I'm, I'm, I gotta admit, ladies and gentlemen, I'm watching it for the first time. I'm like, this dude is the political equivalent of Tom Skilling with the weather he loves giving the results love like skilling loves the weather. You know how popular skilling was, uh, Tom, Tom skilling, at WGN, uh, Monroe, because he just exuded this love for giving the weather. You know what yeah, I mean? And I think it right. transcended. And he's a
2: very nice man. Yeah,
1: and yeah. it transcended, you know what I mean? Like everybody, like, I don't remember a bad word about Tom skilling, even right. when his brother got in trouble with Enron and, right. uh, they didn't blame skilling, you know, it's not his fault, his brother. And, um, But so, oh, uh, Karnak is the same way. And he's like a machine that Rachel would she be like, I need to know the Kansas Attorney General race. Oh boy, goes right to the map, pushes the button. He's got Kansas, pushes another button. He's got the AG, pushes another button. He's comparing the AG vote for Kansas in 2022 to the Joe Biden vote in Kansas in 2020. I'm like, oh my God, Monroe. Forget Tom Skilling. It was like my, watching Michael Jeffrey Jordan play oh basketball God. in the eighties. Okay.
2: Oh God. He's a standard, He's a sad God.
1: <laughs> it's like watching Justin Fields. Remember that name fans. Remember that name bears fans. Lee Allen Jones. You may be wrong about politics, but you know, your football, I got to say he was on the Justin Fields bandwagon long before I was, um, but uh, anyway, it was a wonderful night, uh, even though it's still very much up in the air. Monroe, who will prevail, whether the Dems will uh, hold the House, whether they'll hold the Senate. Uh, it's just and we're, by the way, folks, we're going to do it. Illinois deep dive. Jacob Kaplan from the Cook County Democratic Party will be joining us in a little bit. But Monroe, come on,
2: it's still up yes. in the air. Is a victory in and of itself. You know, it's sort of like with Sunday's Bears game, where Justin Fields just performed magnificently, and they lost, but that was okay because we saw we, we saw what we wanted from Justice Justin. So if he he does if he gives us a repeat, then we know that wasn't a fluke, and um, we got some great days ahead. Yeah and with the with the with the election last night which was supposed to be a bloodbath and which was not by any stretch of the imagination it still may be that the dems control the house and the senate yeah there's still that possibility but it's so close but even if they lose the house it's going to be by such a small number and mccarthy who sold his soul and his and, and his firstborn and and in, in hopes of becoming the um leader mm-hmm. is probably not going to get it it's probably well, i mean even if they win yeah um, he's got to worry about green and and um a bunch of other crazy MAGA people
1: yeah And it's, by the way, not right now as we speak, Wednesday, what is today? Wednesday, November 9th. God, I can't remember anything. Uh, Wednesday, November 9th. uh, It's by far uncertain uh, who will prevail in the House or the Senate for that matter. We'll take the House, first of all. Uh, I just saw a notice that it looks like Lauren Boebert is going to lose the Congresswoman uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene's ideological soulmate in Colorado. So there's a lot of races out in the West that have have not been decided. California, there's a lot of races. uh, So it could be that the Dems uh, win, uh, oust Republicans in these Western states to overcome the uh, Democrats that the Republicans ousted in New York. Uh, and, uh, so as a result, the Democrats could still prevail. So it's really too soon to tell, but to the point, let's say McCarthy, uh, and the Republicans win by, even if it's just one seat and McCarthy's, uh, is the speaker of the house, they have a serious decision to make. And I want to put this in the mind of my next guest, not ready to bring him on, but to think about this as well. Uh, they have a serious decision to make about how, MAGA, they want to go in the House Monroe. Listen to what I'm saying here. They were bragging. They were trash talking in the weeks coming up about how, hey, Dems, you better save your notes because we're going to have an impeachment trial against Biden. We're going to have an investigation of the FBI. We're going to have an investigation of the January 6th investigation. You know, they were bragging and we about
2: social security and Medicare.
1: Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Let's see, you try doing that. And, uh, and running with that on that as your platform in 2024, but Monroe, think about this. So McCarthy, it, MAGA, like the real MAGAites, uh, like uh, Marjorie Taylor green, they're going to want him to go full crazy right. as speaker. And he's got to promise them, uh, he's going to go full crazy and launch all these investigations Clearly the results from yesterday's election showed voters are not happy with these assaults on democracy, these partisans, assaults on democracy. So Monroe, what's your sense of how McCarthy would handle something like that? It's not by no clear, it's obvious that there's no mandate for that. Why would well,
2: you? What I'm saying is McCarthy may not get the position. Even if, if they win by two or three points, he's not going to be named the leader.
1: You mean two or three seasons?
2: They're going to be so pissed off at him. Yeah. He's going to he's going to take the blame, and so who knows who they're going to select? Uh, they may get a a MAGA person saying we didn't go hard enough, and <laughs> we need to go harder yeah. next time.
1: <laughs> That's utter insanity, man. That's I know, no. It insanity. is insanity.
2: Period. It's, it's you know the, the message they should have gotten. Maybe they will, because it's it's not been 24 hours yet. The message they should get is cut the crazy out. Crazy does not work well among the the majority of Americans. Yeah, I mean there's this, this hardcore group that um, is in love with crazy, but um, it doesn't work. And Trump obviously is crazy, and oh. since, since since he's a narcissist, that he loves crazy.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, I don't think it's that easy to cut the crazy out of a party that's dominated by crazy. <laughs> right. So follow me on this. So last night I'm listening to the Republican spin artists who entered MSNBC and MSNBC has a few Republican spin artists. Uh, they, they bring, they drag a guy in. I don't know who he is, but every now and then they drag some <laughs> some random Republican in who's like a little less insane. You know, you, you and I both know those kinds of Republicans. They like the, the, the kind of Republicans that feel like they can, t- I can talk to a liberal. You know what I'm saying? You know that type. Right. So they bring in these less insane Republicans to talk and they're all, what's their big triumph? Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis in Florida is the future of our party and we should go toward Ron DeSantis. And I'm like, what's the difference between Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump other than corruption cases? I understand Ron DeSantis does not have a string of corruption cases. He's working uh, he has, it. What's that? He's working <laughs> on it. <laughs> it's Eddie, Eddie, it's Eddie he's not charged with rape other than that I'm like huh you know what I'm saying so why do you think Ron DeSantis could do better than the crazy that just lost do you follow what I'm saying Monroe they go well Ron DeSantis prevailed in Florida I'm like Florida's a MAGA state now let's just call it for what it is Right, right
2: you right. know no. Yeah, and no, the the thing is, they're going in the wrong direction, and they aren't doing a they they don't have a correction course plan. In fact, they didn't have a plan. They they were so caught off guard by the failure to have the red wave that they didn't have a plan B, and so all the the um, MAGA nuts who are out there um, have fallen silent so far because they don't have anything to say. I mean, this is like um, an asteroid hit their world or something. (laughs) So there's there's nothing they can say or do. Now, they will come up with something for sure. Um, Lake is going to say it was stolen. The election, she set it up for that. So she didn't actually lose, it was stolen from her. About
1: Carrie Lake, the government yeah. turtle candidate in Arizona. That that election has still not been uh, called one way or the other. Right. Last I looked, right. am yeah. I correct? Mean, she's it's
2: losing, it's not oh, but yeah. she's losing,
1: yeah. Uh, and uh, so but see, that doesn't work. I, I one thing I noticed, and we're gonna, we, ladies and gentlemen, we're, we'll bring Jacob Capital on, and we'll take the deep dive as promised, we'll stick to national for just a little while, but that in Illinois. Clearly didn't work. Election denialism does not work. Uh, except well, that's because praises.
2: we're true blue. Yeah, because Florida's red, but yeah. we're, we're we're true blue now. I mean, we we are we 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 are like a sunset town for MAGA people. <laughs> Get out! <laughs> you stay here as long as the sun is up, but as soon as it turns dark. No MAGAs allowed. <laughs>
1: Uh, Monroe used that line on me today He came out of nowhere when we were talking for the show And I forgot, I go, Monroe, you gotta say that When we're on the air, (laughs) and so it's a great line I may steal it and not give you any credit Um, But uh, yes But what my point is Is that uh, I'm just saying that in Illinois And yes we are a MAGA state I don't think, and and when Jacob comes on He can correct me if I'm wrong about this I don't believe any Republican losing candidate uh, Held off On conceding I'm pretty sure that every single Republican candidate uh, made a concession when it was clear that he or she lost. And that was it. And there was no talk of. When in the past,
2: you're not talking about yesterday. You're talking about in the past. Right? I'm talking
1: about yesterday. So, in other words, like if you're a Republican yeah. running in a state where you're either at a disadvantage or it's neck, it's like a purple state. It's not it doesn't look good to run as a denier denialism works either if you're just utterly insane a uh, politically insane like a, a lake in arizona which is a purple state or if you live in magaland and you feel free to say absolutely anything you want and it doesn't matter because you're going to win anyway so marjorie taylor green who won with 68 percent of the vote over marcus flowers she could say uh election she could preach election denialism she's not going to be affected by the voters if you live in a district that's roughly 50-50. If you live in DuPage County in um, Illinois, if you're running in Lake County in Illinois, you cannot expect to win, in my humble opinion, by adopting election denialism. So if you're Ron DeSantis, Monroe, and you want to win as president, you have a decision to make. Do you move away from election denialism and thus alienate the base? Or do you Energize the base by running toward election denialism, and then run the problem in the general. Do you see the problem that they're facing, Monroe? You see that? Yeah,
2: I see the problem. And Desantis, my guess is, or if I was handling him as as a um, candidate, I would suggest that he say that um, Trump was good for then, but he's the guy for now. Hmm. Uh, Trump lost the House, the Senate, and the White House. <laughs> he, that's, that hasn't happened since um, Hoover was, was president or something. And now he's lost a bunch of um, his candidates lost in this race. So he, although Trump is a good guy and I love him dearly, but we need me instead because I can win, as I've shown you. And we need a winner to go for not Trump.
1: By the way, if MAGA cared, I could see them just taking that one little sentence that Monroe uttered and taking it out and just, Trump is a good guy and I love him dearly. And that would be playing over and over again. Monroe Anderson endorses Donald Trump. <laughs> Trump <laughs> is a good guy and right. I love
2: him. <laughs> but, you know, but Monroe was speaking as a, an advisor to DeSantis, which oh. there is not enough money. Well, maybe if he, if he had won the um, lottery. And 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 promise to split it with me. I have to sell out, but anything short of that is no, no, no.
1: Well, no. let me ask you this before and we're going to bring on Jacob now because we're radioing Illinois. But I'll ask you since you raised that question: Do you have a sellout number? And so, like, is there a amount of money someone could pay you to go MAGA? So, and if so, how much money is it?
2: Uh. Um, I can't imagine. Maybe a million dollars, a billion dollars—not a million, a B, a B. Maybe because then I could um, make donations to all, uh, all, all, all the good things that I love and want to see succeed. I, yeah, I i give a, a million dollars to the Ben Jarosky podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, <man. laughs> i mean, He, he could be a part of serious, you know. i mean, I, do, I do more good than that. And, um, but I, I – I, that's, that, that is something that will not happen under yes. any circumstances.
1: I, I think I'm with you, a uh, billion dollars. I, I say no, but you, if they offer me billion, yes, a billion dollars, I'm like, think about that, a billion? Right. Is it good money? I don't want crypto. I want real right. money, okay? Right,
2: exactly, <laughs> But because you could do a whole lot of good a billion dollars in other ways
1: yes all right without further ado let's bring on a distinguished jacob kaplan executive director of the cook county democratic party uh he was smiling smoking cigars victory cigars drinking champagne <laughs> this morning unbelievable monroe what the dems did in illinois and uh i listen folks i don't hide it I've, i i <laughs> for better or for worse i'm a democrat I'm not one of them an independent. (laughs) I mean, I have voted green from time to time. Jacob Kaplan, you know that. Uh, I voted for a Republican in 1980. You know that. Um, But other than that, I'm a Democrat. So, man, what a night in Illinois. Democrat, this has got to be right up there, right neck and neck with California for the bluest state uh, in America. You agree with me on that point, Jacob Kaplan?
3: I, I definitely agree with you, especially, uh, you know, New York state, not really, uh, keeping up their end of the bargain this cycle. So no, I think Illinois looks great. looks great up and down the, uh, the ballot. All right.
1: Well, let's, let's take it from top to bottom and Monroe, feel free to jump in and whenever, uh, uh, you want on this one. Uh, we'll start at the top, J.B. Pritzker. The polls had him ahead uh, throughout, and every now and then uh, the Republicans thought they were slick, and they would release a Republican poll that showed D.B. Darren Bailey had pulled within, like, I don't know, some one point I think they had him within five percentage points. He's within the margin of error. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, t- typical mainstream journalists, oh, my God, it's going <laughs> to go either way. <laughs> uh, Not so much. What what was the, what was the, I haven't seen, I asked you to do this. What is the the latest tabulation in terms of what percentage JB got?
3: Right now he's at 54%. So it's like 54, 43 as of right now. But I imagine his lead may grow. There's a lot of absentees out still in Cook County, Chicago, that I'm sure will favor him. So, you know, he may get up towards 55 or maybe even towards 56 in the next couple of weeks. So a great showing, you know, not close at all winning by at least 12 points. I mean, that's a, that's a landslide for a Democrat in Illinois that rarely happens. I mean, JB won in 2018, he uh, got 54 to Rounder's 38. So it's probably gonna be right around the same, but he may, you know, again, once the absentees are counted, he may even beat that. We'll see. Wow. And uh,
1: so what do you attribute that to? Uh I mean he's efficient.
2: Yeah. he's, he's likable he's efficient uh he's, a, he's 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 a good man. Yeah. And we're not we don't know that about Blair. Yep. Definitely.
3: Yep, no I mean it's uh Bailey. I mean, sorry. Bailey, yeah. Yeah. I mean Bailey was a terrible opponent and certainly I mean we don't, I don't want to relitigate all the you know the fact that JB of course wanted Bailey to be his opponent and there was money spent to help with that. I think Bailey would have won the primary anyways personally, uh, but regardless, Bailey was, once Bailey won the Republican primary, it it was pretty much curtains for uh, Republicans here in Illinois, in my opinion. There was just no shot. There's no way a conservative Republican is going to win this electorate, especially when you have collar counties turning bluer and bluer. I mean, DuPage County is now basically a Democratic county, solidly Dem, Lake County as well. And JB, though, you know, he, he put up pretty good numbers downstate. It looks like he may even narrowly win McLean County, where Bloomington is, which I don't think Adem has won in the governor's race maybe in 100-something years, maybe ever. I haven't looked up all the history. I mean, he put up good numbers downstate, too, so it wasn't just Chicago. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, well, you know, and, and the thing is, Dobbs had, had a considerable amount to do with that uh, right. because, I, I mean, everybody was discounting the whole abortion issue saying that it peaked too soon. Uh but it, it, it basically what happened was it became baked in the cake. You didn't yep. need, you didn't need to talk about it or do anything with it. It was there. And, yeah. and um and and plus the Democrats up here, I don't know what they were doing downstate, but they beat that drum to death. Mm-hmm. Every, every every Democratic candidate pointed out that their opponent was for um, uh, abolishing abortion, mm. anti-abortion.
3: Yeah, and I mean, and, we'll have to wait to to see what, uh, you know, ultimately break down the numbers and everything. But I think, <laughs> I think the Democratic ticket, especially here in Illinois, but this is probably the case nationwide, Democrats won independence, even in this midterm environment, which is just unheard of for the party in power. Right. And that was because of Dobbs, I believe. It's because of women you know, saying, oh, I'm going to vote for the Democrat no matter what, even if normally I might lean Republican in a midterm election. So you saw that here in Illinois. Certainly the Supreme Court races in the Collar counties uh, helped. And I did confirm we, we have won both of them, the uh, Mary Kay O'Brien and Rochford. Oh, so uh, Mary Kay O'Brien's opponent definitely conceded uh, late last night. So, uh, so we won both those Supreme Court races. We have a solid majority on the Illinois Supreme Court. And uh, that Turnout in that issue certainly helped the entire ticket, including J.B. and all the statewides. I got to take a moment to
1: give a shout out to our good friend, Terry Cosgrove. You're, Terry, you're a pain in the neck. You just give me a hard time all the time. But you know your politics, man. Terry Cosgrove, he's retiring personal pack, uh, And he's been running the uh, pro-choice movement in the state of Illinois, politically speaking, uh, for God, over thirty years, uh, Jacob and Monroe, uh, yeah. and so this is culmination uh, to uh, essentially uh, help elect two pro-choice Supreme Court justices. It's a five-to-two Democratic majority in the Supreme Court. Uh, MAGA cannot use the Supreme Court to eradicate abortion rights uh, in Illinois. And even though you're a pain in the neck, Terry Cosgrove, uh, I got to give you a lot of love and a lot of shout-out uh, because you did the job. Uh, Monroe, I'm going to start with you in this question, and then uh, Jacob you follow up on it uh in the city of chicago (laughs) i'm laughing because i'm just thinking of db's insane chicago anti-chicago campaign uh jb pritzker won citywide i just took a quick look i haven't done the deep dive 81.4 percent of the vote 81.4% Eighty-one point four percent of the vote from Chicago for JB Pritzker, uh, sixteen point five percent of the vote for Darren Bailey. Even though he moved to Chicago briefly, I lived—I uh, believe he lived in the John Hancock Building. For you think like he's left bit. already,
3: Ben? <laughs> 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 he's not, he already gone. <laughs> he's like
1: he, he like Kenny Griffin. Uh, he's, he, he's taken off to Florida, yeah. uh, so he's he's not. Enough. Uh, and then I just did a quick. Uh, view of of some of the south side black wards, uh, where it's overwhelmingly black voters, 99% or so, 6th Ward, 8th Ward. Uh, and uh, Pritzker won 95 to 96% of the vote. 95 to 96% of the vote. Uh, and DB, Darren Bailey, got 3.5%. He got roughly what Trump got uh, out of the black wards. Uh, and, uh, and this, uh, in the face of an election that campaign that was to vilify Chicago, malign Chicago, uh, scare people, particularly white people with the fear of black crime. It was straight out of the Bernie Epton before it's too late playbook from the 1983 Morrill campaign against the great Harold Washington. Uh, it didn't work for Epton in 83 and I'm really happy to say it didn't work for Dan Bailey and all his little supporters, uh, in 2022 Monroe, your thoughts about the campaign, uh, Darren Bailey ran, uh, in, and the 81.4%, uh, J.B. Pritzker vote out of the city of Chicago.
2: Well, and, and I've been telling you this, if, if uh, of course that Prisker was surprisingly good as cover has been since he's been in, and uh, they try to, what, what, what conservatives try to do is because they don't have anything for, for blacks, period, and policies, anything. So what they do is they try to find some crack in a, a Democrat's armor and exploit that. And so uh, what they did with Pritzker, was to talk about some criticism he had of Democrats, black Democrats. And, um, you know, they tried to make it sound as if he was a, a horrible racist, and therefore you shouldn't vote for him. But in the meantime, you have um, Bailey talking about what a cesspool this he is, and, and r- running these racist ads about crime and how... Um, me and my kind are looking for a white woman to rape, and so it's it. It, it, it was a no brainer for black Chicagoans.
1: Yeah. By the TV. way. What you just said just triggered. Remember a uh, Blazing Saddles? Yeah, uh, Cleveland <laughs> right. Little becomes the right. first thing. Where the white women at? And that yeah, was always. Exactly. I mean, they made fun of it. Richard Pryor and uh, Mel Brooks made fun of it in 1974. But in 2022, Monroe, that right. was Derrick Bailey's campaign.
2: Right, right, right. And he, you know, he's he was he was a a uh, a redneck trying to pretend that. He's only a pink neck. <laughs> so.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Jacob, take it away. Go ahead. Yeah, Your I mean, thoughts. what what it's it, they try, but it just does not going to work. I mean, JB extremely well liked in in many communities, including the black community, and it's just Darren Bailey was not a candidate who's going to be able to take votes away from JB in black wards. And I mean, but you look across the board, and JB did so well in. You know, in in Hispanic wards and white wards, the only ward I'm pulling up now that currently Bailey is uh, narrowly ahead is the 41st ward on the far northwest side, home to a lot of cops and firemen, Edison Park, Norwood Park. But he's barely ahead, and I wouldn't be surprised if after more mail-in votes are counted that uh, JB ends up winning all 50 wards, but he's at least
1: 149. When you say... When you say he's barely ahead, is it a plurality or a majority right now? Plurality, forty-eight point nine three to forty-eight point six one percent. Got so he doesn't have fifty percent. He doesn't have a majority in any ward in the city of Chicago. Even oh. how about the nineteenth ward uh, on the far southwest side, Mount Greenwood, Beverly, that area? Is no, it, right how,
3: now, right now, JB's got fifty-eight yeah. <laughs> percent in the nineteenth ward. So, hey man, city of
1: Chicago. Yeah, I always be- give you a hard time. Go ahead, Monroe. All right,
2: you know, bit, one of Bailey's problems was. But he sounded like um, I can't remember what character it was on Gomer Pyle. Uh, uh, well, no,
1: it was Gomer Pyle. Yeah, uh, you're th- Andy Mayberry. I, <laughs> Monroe and I've been together for so long. I know his brain thinks. You're thinking of Gomer Pyle. Shazam! You're, that's who you're thinking of. Yeah, right? but there was a
2: character. Was that was that girl? Go- was Gomer Pyle? about I guess the sheriff the, the this is the, the sheriff was Andy. Andy, Andy Griffin oh, was the okay, sheriff and yeah, Gomer yeah, Pyle ran
1: right. the gas station.
2: Yeah, right, exactly. He yeah, but he he sounded but he sounded like Gomer Pyle. Yeah. Yeah. Neighbors. yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Monroe, I, I was uh it's it so funny, I was on the with I told you David Seaton show last night at V O N uh and the guest host, Eric, uh sitting in for atiba. Did an unbelievable Dare Bailey imitation. I was like, I know he wasn't supposed to keep doing it, but I was like, could you keep doing it? Because it's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> he, he did a great. Uh, uh, yeah, so I, 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 I was happy. I'm going to have a deeper dive conversation with Peter Cunningham about this tomorrow. Uh, but Jacob, the Southern strategy Uh, has been employed by Republicans against Democrats since 1968 with Richard Nixon against Hubert Humphrey. It's been a very successful strategy for them. It's all essentially based on either uh, taking advantage of white fear or white hatred uh, or white paranoia, uh, getting people to vote against their own interests and just like fueling this fight. Uh, And that's, it would in Illinois anyway. It was resoundingly defeated as a strategy yesterday, uh, and I was very pleased to think uh, to see that. Your thoughts, Jacob? Then Monroe, you weigh in. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I would call it that. Was the Dan Prof strategy right? All these all these newspapers that were just got more and more outrageous. That were just sent out to people. These fake newspapers talking about crime, talking about what JB was mandating in schools and all this transphobic stuff and it just didn't work. I mean, talk about a complete flop. I mean, Dan Proft, one of the biggest losers of this election, without a doubt. I mean, he just, uh, I mean, what can he did? he tried to get involved in a bunch of legislative, Races too, with Dickie Lines money and this people who pay, played by the rules pack uh, garbage, and it just didn't work. They didn't win any seats. <laughs> I mean, it, it's amazing how much of a flop he was trying to pull the strings from Florida. So, no, the Southern strategy, the Florida strategy, I guess you could call it here in Illinois, did not work. Not one bit. Monroe? Uh, I th-
2: I've, I've, I've known Dan uh, since the – Two thousand and seven, it's two thousand eight somewhere. And then I used to fight with him on, uh, on on my blog. I had a blog, and I fight with him. And we were on several shows together. And uh, I thought he was crazy then, and he's gotten worse. But he, he's he's like he's now like a a. Uh, he's like a proud boy, but peaceful, you know, but other than that, he's pretty much like a proud boy. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I don't know. I'm not ready to say declare that the Southern strategy or what Jacob calls the Florida strategy this is a good line. I think I might start calling it the Florida strategy. Uh, will I give you credit, Jacob? I don't know. It's questionable. <laughs> uh, but uh, I really, I'm not ready to put that, uh, to announce that it's gone, I think, uh, has deep roots in our country, Monroe. And I, I'm, like I said, I'm happy. In, in,
2: in our country, but I'm telling you about here. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I mean, you know where I think it, it did work was New York. I mean, you look at it was, yeah, you know, Eric yeah. Adams was uh, not helping with that, pushing this narrative of, uh, you know, crime taking over all over the place. And I think that hurt Democrats in New York. So it's not like it can't happen in other places outside of uh, Florida or the South. But uh, it didn't work in Illinois, at least, this time yeah. around. And by the way, I just want to point out about New
1: York. There's some gerrymandering that went on in there. Uh, I won't take the deep dive at it, but, man, Democrats fumbled the ball. And now that brings me to this. And Monroe knows where I'm going with this. And, Jacob, I'll get your point of view. Uh, I am, in, in a principle, uh, in a perfect world, I believe in nonpartisan mapmaking. I am wholeheartedly supportive of just letting a computer draw the map. I believe that would be healthier for democracy uh, and not make gerrymandered maps that are intended to uh, create uh, partisan disputes. But we don't live in a partisan in a perfect world. We live in a partisan world where Republicans will knife you. okay, in the back when you're not looking. Monroe knows this. It's like when Rose line, which I will steal and give him credit for. So I'm not really stealing it. It's like Democrats pretend like, you know, it's a boxing match and Republicans have a gun. And uh, so de- oh, no, we know we don't want to gerrymander. You know, you got those liberal Repo- Democrats who are so pathetic in Illinois. Lame Democrats. But
2: my my my, my analogy is that um, Republicans are back shooters. Yeah. And in the meantime, we're talking about having a duel at noon <laughs> with a count off.
1: <laughs> so the point is, Democrats got wise. The map worked. The congressional map, Jacob, you got to weigh in on this. The congressional map, we had to lose, the state of Illinois had to lose a seat because our population fell relative to the rest of the country. And those map makers, when they were done drawing the map, they made Republicans pay for that. And am I crying about that? And oh, am I apologizing for that? And oh, I'll apologize when Republicans in Texas and Florida and New York apologize. That's my viewpoint. Jacob Kaplan, your thoughts.
3: Agreed. I mean, look at, uh, we, we drew this congressional map here in Illinois, and even with losing the seats, you know, where we, we won every single race that we drew this map to win, even winning the, uh, the Sherry Boost, former Sherry Bustos seat out in the uh, far northwest corner of the state in western Illinois. Uh, that was a seat we thought was lost as of two weeks ago uh, with the way things were supposedly tightening. So we drew a map that Democrats, uh, you know, could maximize the number of seats we could get out of Illinois, and we won them all. And we did the same thing in the state legislature, the state house and Senate. It looks like we may lose one seat in the state Senate, maybe, but we might gain one. So it might be a wash. And It looks like in the state house, we're going to build on our supermajority of 73 seats, maybe get up towards 76 or 77. I'm even hearing now with mail-in ballots coming in, we might pick up a couple extra seats in the state house. So it I, I agree in a perfect world. If everybody did computerized maps across the, all 50 states, I'd be fine with it, but we're not in that world and we have to play with the game that the Republicans are playing. Now, I will say, even though Michigan, you know, Michigan had an independent, uh, has an independent commission to draw the maps and we killed it in Michigan this time around. Democrats did. We even flipped the uh, the state Senate chamber for the first time since the 1980s. Uh, so it's not like Democrats can't win in good environments or in environments like this with, you know, computer drawn maps, but... I just think we have to maximize our wins while we have a Republican Party that is so far out of step and such a threat to democracy. We've got to do what we can to make sure we win these races. So, well,
2: yeah, Ben, what's interesting is that the Republicans playing dirty politics. I uh, created all these polls a couple, two or three weeks ago, where they were going to kill us. You know, yep. said, you know, we was going to be flowing through America and they were fake polls or what have you. And I think that worked against them as well. It scared Democrats.
3: Yep. I think so, too. I think so. <laughs> I think a lot of Democrats are very nervous hearing all this and uh, it probably encourage some turnout. Right. Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that gets me to the
1: Michael Moore question, and I'll ask uh, both of you and get your response. We'll start with you, Jacob. And I, I already had a mini conversation with you about this. Uh, but Michael Moore, the leftist filmmaker, has for the last month been going against the tide. He predicted a blue wave, not a red wave, a blue wave. And I, I would read his uh, essays that he wrote, and I thought what he was really being was strategic, and He didn't know any more than I knew or Jacob knew or Monroe knew who was going to win this election. But he wanted to put out, for lack of a better word, I'll just say this, positive vibrations to counter the negative vibrations that the Democratic Party was putting out. And it's pretty obvious to me, Jacob, that the Dems feed on anxiety. I, 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 I don't like this. I don't like the anxiety. I don't think it's healthy for Dems. I don't think it's healthy for individuals to be consumed by anxiety and to be motivated by fear of the worst possible thing that could happen. And this is what the New York Times feeds people. This is what the Washington Post feeds people. It's what the Democratic Party strategists feed people. I got so many emails from Democratic Party strategists saying, folks, things are bad. The latest poll shows we're losing, and we haven't reached our fundraising goals. Please send money. And I know they're just messing with us. They're just messing with our brains, using anxiety and fear as a motivation. And Michael Moore just went in the other direction. He says, the hell with that. The most of the people agree with me on issues like abortion, reefer legalization, uh, and etc. etc. down cetera, down the even on uh taxation. Most people believe we need a more progressive tax for, uh uh situation so I I'm with Michael Moore on his more positive vibration uh outlook but the Dems who run the campaigns who tell me Ben you're naive Ben <laughs> You have been converted
2: (laughs) because it wasn't that long ago where you said differently that you were were part of the hand ringers. Yeah, you're right. And if you'll recall, back then I was telling you how solid Biden was. All the things he had accomplished, the way he was handling things, and you're being... A born in the in in the world, <laughs> <laughs> Bernie
1: Bernie bro, bro I love Bernie. That's you, my guy. <laughs>
2: you could you could not accept it, but Biden. The fact that that there wasn't a a, a shellacki yesterday, it can be attributed to Biden also. I mean, he has played things brilliantly.
1: Brilliant. All right. Wow. Really. Wait. You, uh, before we turn it to Jacob to respond to both my anxiety question. And now uh, the Joe Biden is a brilliant, uh, orchestrator. You're sticking by, you, you're saying Joe Biden has handled things brilliantly as yeah. in brilliant. Yes. <laughs> he,
2: he's accomplished more as a president in office since LBJ. And this is against all kinds of, of opposition, uh, he handled, he, he has this is the thing that you got to factor his ratings is 42 44 percent for the low 40s, yeah. And yet, he didn't suffer nearly as many losses as Obama did, whose ratings were, was much higher than that. And um, Clinton, I think Clinton was in the '60s when he took his his ratings were in the '60s when he took wow. his shit lacking. You had an underwater president who didn't lose nearly as many in, in a midterm, and he, he, that wasn't that wasn't pure accident or coincidence. It had something to do with the personality.
3: Jacob, your thoughts? No, I I, I tend to agree. I think that Biden has played this extremely well uh certainly i agree that that he's had tremendous legislative accomplishments and it's true he uh you know this midterm is somewhat a testament to his leadership and whatever he was doing behind the scenes and uh in terms of democratic strategy and it paid off so i agree there is i mean i'm sure we'll learn more about this down the road what exactly was done behind the scenes but i mean it was uh it was impressive for a midterm president to, uh, you know, not, not end up with a wave election. I mean, that almost never happens. It's going to be one of the most unique midterms in that regard in the last hundred years, but also to the point of, uh, of Michael Moore, uh, and, and this, uh, the fact that Democrats should be less anxious and exude more confidence. I think that is true to a degree. I think we do tend to, uh, to, to to just kind of, uh, cower in the corner sometimes and then get all scared and then, uh, you know, that that's not necessarily a, a an aspiring argument for, uh, for turnout. So I, I agree. I think we need some of that. But I'm also being honestly, I mean, anxiety also does uh, drive elections and turnout. Oftentimes it does on the Republican side when they drive anxieties about you know, racism and crime and all their crazy ideas. I mean, that gets people to turn out. And on our side, I think there's no doubt that some of the anxiety about what Republicans would do if they won, or their election denialism and their anti-Democratic uh, uh, views, I mean, that anxiety drove Democrats to turn out in larger numbers than they would have otherwise. So, I don't know. I think I need, a, not. maybe that's a non-answer, but we need, we need a little of both. Well, I, I'm now gonna contradict myself, which is, by the way,
1: not unusual uh, in my world. Uh, I know that in the Supreme Court races, which we talked a lot about on this show, the state Supreme Court race, uh, Rochford beating Curran and um, O'Brien beating uh, Burke to give the Democrats a 5-2 majority in the state Supreme Court. I know that it was anxiety, fear, just out and out anxiety and fear that drove people, Democrats, to realize how important these races, bottom of the ballot races, Jacob. They're at the bottom. Like... The top thing is the amendment, which is so weird. And then the bottom thing is, are these Supremes who could like rule on the amendment? You know, so kind of a weird thing we do in Illinois, you know, up is down, down is up. Uh, And yet it it took, I, I really feel that people understood the significance, not everybody, but like enough people who uh, who care understood it and they responded. They either uh, knocked on doors, made phone calls, wrote letters in districts that they don't live in, Jacob, because people in the city of Chicago, we didn't get to uh, have a say in whether it would be a, a Republican or a Democrat. We just voted yes on uh, the Chicago uh, Supreme Court justice, Mary uh, Theus. So, I do believe, having said everything I just said, (laughs) that anxiety worked in those Supreme Court races. That fear factor worked uh, in the Supreme Court races. So maybe uh, it is a mixture of both. But I did find it, I just found it uh, refreshing that Michael Moore was willing. He didn't care if he was wrong. You know what I'm saying, Jacob? Who cares if you're wrong? What difference does it make? You know, I mean. Ultimately, you follow what I'm saying, what do so you're wrong, okay, what are they gonna do to you? you know what I mean take away your
3: your podcasting card or you know yeah, no, I think there's some truth to that. I think it's uh <laughs> we need to be more confident in our in our positions and 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 our views on what's gonna happen and what should happen. So I agree yeah, with I mean, Michael Moore on that front.
2: yeah right. and michael he he travels a lot through the country and he talks to people outside the bubble yeah and and you know so he was basing that on something it wasn't simply okay well i'm gonna throw out some some propaganda here and and it's gonna help um help us win i mean he was because if you'll recall when trump was running he was from his travels what have you he was telling us pay attention this guy's gonna win yeah and we didn't
1: yep didn't pay attention yeah Yeah, no, that's uh, pretty much uh, obvious. Uh, The Democrats didn't pay attention. All right, uh, let's talk amendments. uh, Jacob, uh, I was telling Monroe this. This is just a funny, no, I think I told you this. This is a little tweak. Uh, So we had two amendments on the ballot yesterday uh, in Cook County, one for increased funding, uh, literally increase your tax bill. Uh, to fortify the forest preserve districts Uh, and the other one to give, uh, enshrined collective bargaining rights in our state constitution. Uh, the Republicans MAGA chose to campaign vigorously against the first and ignore the second. Uh, and, uh, even though enshrining collective bargaining rights in the constitution has no impact whatsoever on the amount of taxes you pay, uh, the MAGA, which never let the truth get in the way on anything, uh, campaigned on the notion that this was going to be a tax hike. Uh, and they just ignored the literal tax hike of the forest preserve. Uh, I got a call, uh, from a friend who wanted to know from rec- recommendation. I told him to vote. He, he said, "Will cons- the, the constitutional amendment raised my taxes. I said, no, I Well, oh, but the forest preserve one, Will you're going to vote for that. He goes, Oh yeah. Of course. I like forest preserves. I'm like, man, up is down and down is up in the state of Illinois. (laughs) The voters are going to vote against Amendment 1 because it's going to raise their taxes, they fear, even though it won't. And they'll vote for the Forest Preserve Amendment, even though it will raise their, the whole point of it is that they're going to raise their taxes. Help me out, Jacob Kaplan. Help me out with the voters trying to understand the voters uh, where they. I guess you could say it was successful, huh? Because both passed, even though the propaganda campaign, is that your take on it?
3: Yeah. I mean, that is Like, I mean, again, it's, it is interesting that there was so much against amendment one. And I I guess it's because it's so easy uh, for the right wing to just attack public sector unions and make stuff up and say, it's going to be a tax increase of what do they say? $2,100 on the average homeowner or something. I don't know how they came up with these numbers. They just pulled them out of a hat or whatever, but So that's easier to campaign against than forest preserves, which everybody loves, you know, their their parks, their places to picnic and uh, hike on weekends. And who doesn't like that? And it was a pretty minor tax increase. I think for the average homeowner, it's going to be $30 a year or so. So I I think that was part of it. Uh, But yeah, I mean, the efforts uh, seem to have failed. I mean, the the amendment uh, as of last count is below 60% in terms of votes on the amendment itself. But the other part of the formula where as long as you get over 50% of everybody voting in general, uh, voting for, uh, for the amendment, it looks like it's going to pass on that front. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a victory for organized labor workers' rights and, uh, the forest preserves are it's that, that I think is going to win with 68 or 69%. And that's a victory for everybody who likes clean air, clean water and hiking on the weekends in the forest preserves. So good all around. All right. We'll close
1: with a conversation about polls. I'll start with you, Jacob, and then Monroe, you get the last word. Uh, in, how do you think the polls and pollsters did in this election? Now, when elections are over, we kind of, ever since 2016, we sort of rank rate the pollsters, the polling industry itself, something a conversation I had many times with David Ferris, the political scientist comes on the show all the times, uh, up until 2016, I think there was a lot more faith in the polls. There's certain people who've made a career out of aggregating polls uh, and Nate Silver, Nate Cohn, et cetera. Uh, I gotta, in my opinion, the polls did about as well as the Bears' defense did last Sunday in Miami. They got trounced uh, in this election. Uh, your thoughts on the polls, Jacob, about being unfair to pollsters.
3: Uh, I mean, go ahead. Maybe a bit. Uh, we'll have to wait and see and analyze the data. But I think what the the uh, the errors were not with the polls so much as the poll aggregators and uh, and people that were trying to come real clear politics, for example, They were trying to take a bunch of numbers and different polls, give them different ratings, and throw it all together with some quote unquote vibes, I guess, and decide what uh, what the real number was in terms of the chances in the House or the Senate. So I think if you look at individual Senate polls in states or individual House district polls. I think they were relatively accurate. They may have even underestimated Democrats a bit, especially if we, uh, you know, win some of these seats we didn't expect in the House. Maybe they underestimated Democrats by a point or two, but that's an average uh, polling error for a for a cycle. So I don't think the polls are going to have massively. Uh, huge numbers of errors. I think the problem is just these aggregators, people that say, "Okay, I'm going to say that this pollster is rated A plus. This one's rated C minus, just because I believe that's the case." And also, I'll, I'll rate this higher. And I think these Republican leaning pollsters are more valid in their methods because, you know, whatever, throw them all together, and okay, Republicans are going to have a great night. Those people didn't have such a good night. <laughs> those uh, those aggregators, uh, it, 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 as a whole, I would say. Monroe.
2: The the problem with Mm polls is they're still stuck in uh, twenty years ago. You have you have this whole I mean you know I'm one of these dinosaurs who still has a landline. Almost everybody else has a cell phone. I have a cell phone too, but but um, most people only have cell phones now. They don't have landlines and. Because of scam calls, uh, spam calls, scam calls and spam calls, uh, people, a lot of people, particularly young people, don't answer a phone if they don't recognize the telephone number. If it doesn't have a name attached to it, then they just ignore it. And so it's very difficult for the pollsters to get as accurate a read as they once did they're they're making the adjustments but they haven't found they, they haven't found a sweet spot yet
3: no okay. i think monroe is totally right on that i think one of the things that may come out is that i mean one of the best demographics for democrats was anybody under the age of 35 and those are people that never pick up in my experience i don't pick up cell phone numbers i don't know so if you're not getting in touch with that demographic that's In this election, maybe more likely to vote and very likely to vote Democratic. You're going to underestimate Democrats' chances. So that's a big issue. Jacob, you're on the inside. Uh, You see the polls that the parties have, the candidates have.
1: Uh, Given that, were there any surprises in Illinois? Like, were the polls, the inside polls that you saw, saw accurate in Illinois for state races, county races, what have you?
3: Mostly accurate. I will say uh, we did polling uh, in some county races. They were almost all accurate, except for one. We're, we're uh, waiting to see what happens in this race for the 9th County Board District. It's an open seat. It was held by Pete Silvestri. Uh, we supported Maggie Trevor, the Democrats. Matt Pagorski, the Republican, is currently up by about 1,000 votes. We'll see. The mail-in ballots may still end up flipping that seat uh, to the Democrats. But our polling showed that Trevor was going to win by 20 points. So somewhere there was a massive polling error in that race. So that's one to dig into. But overall, the polls I saw were pretty on track to where uh, where things ended up. So I, I don't have, I'm not privy to all of the uh, state House and state Senate polling, but I think the state Senate was very worried about losing more seats, and they ended up winning a lot of these seats by 10 or 20 points that uh, they thought were really in play. So maybe those polls underestimated Democrats and younger voters, but Overall, the polls that I saw personally were generally uh, pretty accurate. And I'll close with this: I saw a picture in today's sometimes uh, of uh,
1: I, it was taken at Manny's. Hey, everybody goes to Manny. I've not been to Manny's in a while, Monroe. We got to go to Manny's sometime. Uh, but it was at Manny's Delicatessen, uh, and there was Jesse White, uh, Kwame Rawls sitting at a table, and uh, uh, sort of hobnobbing with them. Standing up uh, with them was uh, Bob Fioretti. My old friend used to be the Alderman of the Second Ward, uh, who has now become a Republican. Bob, what have you done? Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> come on, Bob. You're better than that, all right? And um, But it's really hard for me to say a bad word about him, uh, Jacob, because I knew him back in the day. Anyway, neither here nor there. Uh, and I was smile when I saw it. How did he do? How did Fioretti do against uh, Tony Preckwinkle in the race? I have literally not seen any numbers on that, Jacob. I know Tony Preckwinkle won, but I'm just curious, what was the
3: margin? Do you know that? Right now, Tony's got 67% and he's got about uh, 33, I think, in the libertarianism. So it wasn't uh, a a blowout in terms of uh, that race and Bob, certainly. All right. That's, uh, I saw that very picture.
1: Sure. Yeah, sorry. Come on, Bob. Come back to the yeah. fold. Okay? It was a temporary. Will, will you forgive him, Monroe, if he comes back to the Democratic fold? Well, you know, this
2: is the thing is if you can't win as a Democrat and you still want to play the game, then you go to become a Republican and, and hope that you have a Bernie Epton moment.
1: Well, Bernie Epton was always – uh, he was always, uh, but I'm saying
2: yeah. where suddenly he went from being a nobody to being a player. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, well, good luck with that in
3: Cook County. Yeah, good luck <laughs> with that
1: in Cook County. 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 Uh, yeah. the, the one I th- I remember, I don't know if you guys know them, uh, the former alderman Bernie Stone of the 50th ward, lifelong yeah. Democrat. Uh, got any kind of caught up in the Eddie Verdoliac, uh you know, uh, cults, and he flipped to the Republican Party. Not making this up, I believe he ran for treasurer. I want to say, or he, he ran a quarter of deeds or something like that. Recorder it. deeds, yeah, I think it was yeah. <laughs> unbelievable. What yeah. what a, a know it all nerd. Anyway, yeah, it was, you're right. I think you're right. I think it was quarter of deeds. And he lost, and then he went back to the Democratic Party. And I used to good naturedly tease him, hey, But you saw the light, Bernie, and you returned, you know? <laughs> he, he was a Democrat, then he was a Republican, and then he ended it. In- so, Bob here, welcome back. Come on, man. Drop that MAGA stuff. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Monroe, thank you so much. Uh, Jacob, thank you so much. It was, uh, what Monroe, what's your line? Come on. Use your line. Your line about, uh, the red tide became a, Oh, pink tinkle. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) The red it's not my Reddit. It's like I read it. I've been stealing it from somebody, but oh I read it. That's a, I saw a headline. It said the, the red tide became a, a pink trickle.
1: Yeah, well, that's what it is. A pink trickle. The red tide became a pink trickle. And um, by the time we come back next week, for all I know. No, it'll come down to Georgia. We'll be talking Georgia for a while. Probably. Actually, Jacob Kaplan told me this if the Dems win uh, Arizona and Nevada, Georgia's just icing in the cake for for the Dems. Yep, Not, I kind of believe they're going to win both of those states when all is said and done. I, it's um, like they might. Uh, yeah, it's the, the the mail-in vote will determine I'm, it. All I'm, right,
2: I'm heartbroken because um, uh, uh, of Wisconsin. Yeah. I, I, I was hoping Mandela would would be able to pull it off,
1: but very wasn't. close. Yeah, it was very close. I think they really hurt him with the uh, their version of the Southern strategy. No doubt in my mind. Yeah, right, right. a crime, a, a young black man who was progressive on criminal justice issues, uh, like yeah. espousing kind of the Safety Act type approaches. I give him credit for standing strong for what he believed in. I thought he was a great candidate, and uh, but they yeah. hammered him on crime, and they hammered that st- Southern strategy, that Florida strategy that Jacob calls it. That. I think prevailed that's the difference to the the okay. difference between uh him and uh tony evers the, the the democratic governor who was reelected. um so yeah you're right mandela yeah we'll
2: see how it works on the in the mayor's race here next um, year wow because because it, it it has potential not for a republican but but for some more conservative democrat
1: <laughs> who's opposing laurie Well, Lori's already running on a a law and order campaign. I wouldn't call it the Florida strategy, but uh, she's running law and order. Anybody that's to the left of her, she says they're for defunding the police, even if those words have never come out of their mouth. If Jacob Kaplan were suddenly announced he's running for uh, mayor, she goes, Kaplan's for defunding the police. (laughs) So it's kind of alive already, Monroe. God, that's right around the corner. T- plenty of mayoral election talk ahead. Jacob, at some point in December, I know I'm coming out to the 38th Ward. We're going to do a, yep. a, a show, talk about the mayoral race. I'm looking forward yep. to that. We'll publicize that. Uh, when we and we nail down the details. Yes. Nailed down the details. There you go. see you then. All right. Thank you very much, Jacob Kaplan and Monroe Anderson. Thanks for coming on the show. All right. All right. Uh, take care. And I also want to thank the man and myth, the legend, Peter to in Illinois, without whom the show would be impossible. And it's Monroe. And Jacob will tell you, Back home in Alton, they call him Dr. D, and the D stands for Marvellous. Give yourself a raise, take it on petty cash. Peace and love, everybody.